Section 27 of Pirates of Panama The Buccaneers of America by A. O. Exquemelin Translated by G. A. Williams This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Reading by Lars Rolander Chapter 17, Part 2 The pirates endeavoured to take some of the Indians prisoners, but they being swifter than the pirates, everyone escaped, leaving eight pirates dead and ten wounded. Yea, had the Indians been more dexterous in military affairs, they might have defended that passage and not let one man pass. A little while after they came to a large champaign, open and full of fine meadows. Hence they could perceive at a distance before them some Indians on the top of a mountain, near the way by which they were to pass. They sent fifty men, the nimblest they had, to try to catch any of them, and force them to discover their companions. But all in vain for they escaped by their nimbleness, and presently showed themselves in another place, hallooing to the English and crying, A la savanna, a la savanna, peros ingleses, that is, to the plain, to the plain, ye English dogs. Meanwhile the ten pirates that were wounded were dressed and plastered up. Here was a wood, and on each side a mountain, the Indians possessed themselves of one, and the pirates of the other. Captain Morgan was persuaded the Spaniards had placed an ambuscade there, it lying so conveniently. Hereupon he sent two hundred men to search it. The Spaniards and Indians, perceiving the pirates descend the mountain, did so too, as if they designed to attack them, but, being got into the wood, out of the sight of the pirates they were seen no more leaving the passage open. About night fell a great rain, which caused the pirates to march the faster, and seek for houses to preserve their arms from being wet. But the Indians had set fire to every one, and driven away all their cattle, that the pirates, finding neither houses nor victuals, might be constrained to return. But after diligent search they found a few shepherds' huts, but in them nothing to eat. These not holding many men, they placed in them, out of every company, a small number, who kept the arms of the rest. Those who remained in the open field endured much hardship that night, the rain not ceasing till morning. Next morning, about break of day, being the ninth of that tedious journey, Captain Morgan marched on, while the fresh air of the morning lasted, for the clouds hanging yet over their heads were much more favourable than the scorching rays of the sun, the way being now more difficult than before. After two hours' march they discovered about twenty Spaniards who observed their motions. They endeavoured to catch some of them, but could not, they suddenly disappearing and absconding themselves in caves among the rocks, unknown to the pirates. At last, ascending a high mountain, they discovered the South Sea. 
this happy sight as if it were the end of their labours caused infinite joy among them hence they could descry also one ship and six boats which were set forth from panama and sailed towards the islands of tavoga and tavogilla then they came to a vale where they found much cattle whereof they killed good store here while some killed and flayed cows horses bulls and chiefly asses of which there were most others kindled fires and got wood to roast them then cutting the flesh into convenient pieces or gobbets they threw them into the fire and half carbonated or roasted they devoured them with incredible haste and appetite such was their hunger as they more resembled cannibals than europeans the blood many times running down from their beards to their waists having satisfied their hunger captain morgan ordered them to continue the march here again he sent before the main body fifty men to take some prisoners if they could for he was much concerned that in nine days he could not meet one person to inform him of the condition and forces of the spaniards about evening they discovered about two hundred spaniards who hallooed to the pirates but they understood not what they said a little while after they came in sight of the high steeple of panama this they no sooner discovered but they showed signs of extreme joy casting up their hats into the air leaping and shouting just as if they had already obtained the victory and accomplished their designs all their trumpets sounded and drums beat in token of this alacrity of their minds thus they pitched their camp for that night with general content of the whole army waiting with impatience for the morning when they intended to attack the city this evening appeared fifty horse who came out of the city on the noise of the drums and trumpets to observe as it was thought their motions they came almost within musket shot of the army with a trumpet that sounded marvellously well those on horseback hallooed aloud to the pirates and threatened them saying perros nos veremos that is ye dogs we shall meet ye having made this menace they returned to the city except only seven or eight horsemen who hovered thereabouts to watch their motions immediately after the city fired and ceased not to play their biggest guns all night long against the camp but with little or no harm to the pirates whom they could not easily reach now also the two hundred spaniards whom the pirates had seen in the afternoon appeared again making a show of blocking up the passages that no pirates might escape their hands but the pirates though in a manner besieged instead of fearing their blockades as soon as they had placed sentinels about their camp opened their satchels and without any napkins or plates fell to eating very heartily the pieces of bulls and horses flesh which they had reserved since noon this done they laid themselves down to sleep on the grass with great repose and satisfaction expecting only with impatience the dawning of the next day the tenth day betimes in the morning they put all their men in order and with drums and trumpets sounding 
marched directly towards the city, but one of the guides desired Captain Morgan not to take the common highway, lest they should find in it many ambuscades. He took his advice and chose another way through the wood, though very irksome and difficult. The Spaniards, perceiving the pirates had taken another way they scarce had thought on, were compelled to leave their stops and batteries and come out to meet them. The governor of Panama put his forces in order, consisting of two squadrons, four regiments of foot, and a huge number of wild bulls, which were driven by a great number of Indians, with some negroes and others to help them. The pirates now upon their march came to the top of a little hill, whence they had a large prospect of the city and champagne country underneath. Here they discovered the forces of the people of Panama in battle array, to be so numerous that they were surprised with fear, much doubting the fortune of the day. Yea, few or none there were but wished themselves at home, or at least free from the obligation of that engagement, it so nearly concerning their lives. Having been some time wavering in their minds, they at last reflected on the straits they had brought themselves into, and that now they must either fight resolutely or die, for no quarter could be expected from an enemy on whom they had committed so many cruelties. Hereupon they encouraged one another, resolving to conquer or spend the last drop of blood. Then they divided themselves into three battalions, sending before two hundred buccaneers who were very dexterous at their guns. Then, descending the hill, they marched directly towards the Spaniards, who, in a spacious field, waited for their coming. As soon as they drew nigh, the Spaniards began to shout and cry, Viva el Rey! God save the King! And immediately their horse moved against the pirates. But the fields being full of quags and soft underfoot, they could not wheel about as they desired. The two hundred buccaneers who went before, each putting one knee to the ground, began the battle briskly, with a full volley of shot. The Spaniards defended themselves courageously, doing all they could to disorder the pirates. Their foot endeavoured to second the horse, but were constrained by the pirates to leave them. Finding themselves baffled, they attempted to drive the bulls against them behind, to put them into disorder. But the wild cattle ran away, frightened with the noise of the battle. Only some few broke through the English companies, and only tore the colours in pieces, while the buccaneers shot every one of them dead. The battle having continued two hours, the greatest part of the Spanish horse was ruined, and almost all killed. The rest fled, which the foot seeing, and that they could not possibly prevail, they discharged the shot they had in their muskets, and throwing them down fled away every one as he could. The pirates could not follow them, being too much harassed and wearied with their long journey. Many, not being able to fly whither they desired, hid themselves for that present among the shrubs of the seaside, but very unfortunately for most of them being found by the pirates, were instantly killed, without any quarter. Some religious men were brought prisoners before Captain Morgan, but he being deaf to their cries, 
commanded them all to be pistoled, which was done. Soon after they brought a captain to him, whom he examined very strictly, particularly wherein consisted the forces of those of Panama. He answered their whole strength consisted in four hundred horse, twenty-four companies of foot, each of one hundred men complete, sixty Indians and some Negroes, who were to drive two thousand wild bulls upon the English, and thus, by breaking their files, put them into a total disorder. Beside that, in the city they had made trenches and raised batteries in several places, in all which they had placed many guns, and that, at the entry of the highway, leading to the city, they had built a fort mounted with eight great brass guns, defended by fifty men. Captain Morgan, having heard this, gave orders instantly to march another way, but first he made a review of his men, whereof he found both killed and wounded a considerable number, and much greater than had been believed. Of the Spaniards were found six hundred dead on the place, besides the wounded and prisoners. The pirates, nothing discouraged, seeing their number so diminished, but rather filled with greater pride, perceiving what huge advantage they had obtained against their enemies, having rested some time, prepared to march courageously towards the city, plighting their oaths to one another, that they would fight till not a man was left alive. With this courage they recommenced their march, either to conquer or be conquered, carrying with them all the prisoners. They found much difficulty in their approach to the city, for within the town the Spaniards had placed many great guns at several quarters, some charged with small pieces of iron, and others with mosquito bullets. With all these they saluted the pirates at their approaching, and gave them full and frequent broadsides, firing at them incessantly, so that unavoidably they lost at every step great numbers of men. But these manifest dangers of their lives, nor the sight of so many as dropped continually at their sides, could deter them from advancing, and gaining ground every moment on the enemy. And though the Spaniards never ceased to fire, and act the best they could for their defence, yet they were forced to yield after three hours' combat. And the pirates, having possessed themselves, killed and destroyed all that attempted in the least to oppose them. The inhabitants had transported the best of their goods to more remote and occult places, howbeit they found in the city several warehouses well stocked with merchandise, as well silks and clothes, as linen and other things of value. As soon as the first fury of their entrance was over, Captain Morgan assembled his men, and commanded them, under great penalties, not to drink or taste any wine, and the reason he gave for it was, because he had intelligence that it was all poisoned by the Spaniards. Howbeit it was thought he gave these prudent orders to prevent the debauchery of his people, which he foresaw would be very great at the first, after so much hunger sustained by the way, fearing withal, lest the Spaniards seeing them in wine, should rally and falling on the city, use them as inhumanly 
as they had used the inhabitants before. End of chapter 17, part 2 Read by Lars Rolander